You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. That uh, was a disaster on Sunday in New York. The Bengals go into the Meadowlands and lay an egg. Uh, especially on defense. And that's really where it starts for me is the defense gave up 34 points to Mike White and the New York Jets. And not only did they give up a bunch of points to Mike White and the New York Jets, but they did it by failing to even come close to containing the Jets offense, which has been miserable this year and is starting a first-time starter. So, you know, a few themes there, right? One of them is the Bengals can't seem to beat first-time starters just throughout their recent history for like the last 10 years, but uh, not a whole lot of positive to say about the defense in this one. Like they get the turnovers early off of deflections. There's a really nice strip for Von Bell after they give up a 20 yard completion. But after that, things really got away from them. And those early starts where the jets were moving the ball, but the Bengals were getting the, the takeaways were really ominous for the rest of the game and the rest of the game went about as badly as it could awful 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 how many times did we see the jets punter zero in the second half uh, they scored f- on five straight possessions and then they run the clock out and we can get to the call but that's not why they lost the game so i don't want to hear it i'm not going to make the excuse and i shouldn't have even mentioned it this early in the podcast to be honest with you jake uh this defense that was the worst performance honestly given the expectations given the expectations the worst performance by Lou Anarumo defense, period. Because the expectations were extremely high. Not low, not, oh, but we'll see what Lou can do. Or, oh, like last year, the defensive tackles are hurt. No, it's, man, look how healthy these guys are. They're extremely healthy, and they're going into this game against Mike White on Halloween night, you know, full of fright. We'll just keep on rhyming. And instead now, all these Bengals fans are going home, the ones that were up there that went to New Jersey, and I'm seeing tweets, you know, of all these fans. You go home unhappy, and it's sad because there's no way they shouldn't have been able to slow down this ridiculously, I think, simple Jets offense. I mentioned Jamison Crowder about 52 times. All right. Ty Johnson. Okay. He's capable of catching the ball out of the backfield. All right. So is uh, the, the rookie who I, it slips my name. Or, what's his name? The rookie running back, Carter, Michael Carter. Like, like it's all like, quick stuff elijah moore like we mentioned the names did they just not pay attention like and i get it mike white played a little better than than expected but according to elias sports he's the first quarterback since 1978 to complete his first 11 passes in his first start what are you doing and i get the 12th was an interception but you're right like as cool as it was to force three turnovers can you can you force one in the when it matters? <laughs> I know that sounds bad, and the offense let him down on that first one. But man, what what a rough day for this defense. I agree. It was just a rough, rough outing. I mean, that's the headliner, right? Mike White, thirty-seven to forty-five for four hundred and five, four hundred and five yards. Four oh five. That's an who is Mike in. White, man? The guy was pumped up and he was playing well. I mean, the two picks you could even say weren't necessarily his fault. There, the one comes out a little bit hot, a little a, a foot off, and gets tipped to Jesse Bates. The other one hits his running back in the helmet. Yeah, and you know the other turnover for the Jets comes when Jamison Crowder can't can, 
uh, can't uh, contain the ball downfield. Michael Carter, though, had a huge day, and this goes into your point, James, that it was a simple offensive game plan for the Jets. Yeah. It was like slants, flats, screens, and <laughs> Jamison Crowder in the slot on comebacks and then the occasional seam shot. Like, there's nothing fancy here. And I feel like early in the game, Lou Anarumo tried to blitz Mike White to make him uncomfortable, to try to, you know, set the tone for the game and they got some pressure. They got some hits on him, Yeah, but he knew where his hots were and the jets had a few screens called into the blitz and the Bengals, you know, for, for the second straight time, they've played a, a really awful team. And I thought that the lions were better than the jets and better than the Jaguars when the Bengals went to play the lions in Detroit. But this is the second time comparing it to the Jacksonville game where the play action game, the misdirection game, all that stuff really got them early and mm -hmm. was a reason the Jets were able to stay in the game early. And then, yeah. and then to me, Lou Anarumo's defense tries to adapt, right? And they start playing a lot of zone. They start trying to, you know, keep the ball in front and then tackle. And then they just stop tackling. I mean, there are a couple of times they could have actually gotten off the field. I think a third and 11 comes to mind, third and 12, yes. maybe where, it's yep. uh, Michael Carter in the flat, I believe, or maybe it was Ty Johnson. I can't remember which one it was, but there's Who nobody cares? with him. Nobody yeah. goes with him. Like they, they sell out on the zero and then there's nobody there and the zero doesn't get home. They actually try to drop some guys out. And so, you know, out coached, out schemed, out played, you know, the, the top to bottom failure for the defense in this one. And, and it's just, I it mean, it can't happen. It's rough. Yeah. That's what it can't happen. At some point, you have to lick your wounds and say, all right, well, Mike White, 11 for 11, or, oh, man, the Jets just scored, and, you know, it's 31-20, or, what? Well, yeah, it was 31-28. Well, we're going to, or 26, because they didn't get the two-point that time. We need to stop. You know, we, we need to stop after the interception, where Joe Burrow, who played pretty well today, I thought, uh, you know, it's an unfortunate interception. He's got a lot of those. It's really weird. You know, he's got a lot of weird interceptions this year. But we, we can get the Burrow. This defense was supposed to be better, and they didn't need to carry the team today. They didn't. They needed a, a second-half stop, and instead they gave up 17 fourth-quarter points, could not get Mike White off the field, and I just it, – it's um, it's deflating for what the Bengals had, all that equity. Now you drop the five and three, you're second in the AFC North. Uh, this talk about being first in the AFC, well, good luck, because that's not not the case anymore. So, um, yeah, what a uh, what a letdown. That's really what it is. It's a it's a huge letdown on uh, in a game that, again, seven minutes to go, 31-20, you, you should cruise. It should be done. And they uh, they couldn't put it away. And I think that does it starts with the defense. The Bengals were 98 and a half percent, according to ESPN's win probability model to win when they were leading 31 to 20. And the second half really gets off to a good start. The Ben don't break brand of Lou Anarumo defense. You know, it was doing what it was designed to do at first. The Bengals punt on their first possession of the second half, which maybe was more ominous than I initially gave it credit for as they've been so good in those situations. But then the Jets go long drive field goal. The Bengals answer with a quick explosive touchdown drive. Then the Jets go 10 plays, 69 yards field goal. The Bengals again answer with a touchdown. So when you go 14 to six coming out of the half, you usually win those. And then Joe Burrow, like you said, weird pick, batted up in the air. And, and then, you know, we'll talk about the last drive of the game. But 
and, and we'll talk about the call because that call actually does need talking about like it's not the deciding factor of the game but i don't know if i've ever seen a call that bad but anyway uh there's more to talk about with this game and that's kind of the high level tale of it the defense let the offense down you score 31 points in the nfl against the new york jets you should win We'll talk a little bit about the offense and some of the things that went right on that side of the ball and some of the things that were frustrating coming up next. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the, catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows. You got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff and you watch sports highlights on your smartphone. Well, you can bundle it all together and get it all together and make it simple. TV should be simple. It's for your entertainment. It's for your enjoyment. And you can get it all together with DirecTV Stream. It brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before in one place. No more juggling remotes or fumbling on Halloween night. Oh, shot at the Bengals. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Well, I think the one positive out of this game if we're going to be positive for this show at all james i, I thought yeah. joe burrow actually played pretty well there, there were some frustrating things for sure i mean i've never seen burrow as hot as he was coming off the field for two of those drives in the first half you know, his at, through his helmet twice mm -hmm. and uh one of them's after uh tyler boyd and cj uzama seem like they run the same route and the ball splits them and nobody goes for it he thought tyler should have caught that pass and then the other one is jamar chase dropping a touchdown and then they end up not making it on fourth down turning it over on downs from the one yard line and and so joe burrow's probably sitting there thinking man i should have had five touchdowns in this game we should have <laughs> won 50 to 34 i guess if if the defense was going to do what it did and outside of that the offense actually was pretty good for the most part, I mean, there, there were some early slow struggles and, and you point to those certainly when you look at the result of the game, but there's a lot of good in this game, I think, for Joe Burrow and T. Higgins. Yeah. And Tyler I, Boyd. I, I The fact that they didn't score a touchdown at the end of the first half, like the chase drop, it was bad and he can't do it. And by the way, for all those that ripped me for mentioning his drop, see, they are real and he does drop passes once in a while. Um, but we knew that was going to happen. And I, I think they put themselves in a position. They tied the game, then they took the lead. And I believe the Uzama Boyd one would have put, was at the 21 seven. Instead, they settle for a field goal to make it 17 seven. Yeah. And, and so then the Jets have a little bit of momentum. And then Mike White, give him his damn gold jacket, marches right downfield and, and scores a touchdown. And so, worst case, if you score there, it's 21 14. And I don't know if that happens. I mean, if you go up 21 seven, who knows, right? And uh, instead, it was three straight passes, um, three first downs, and, and you know they were off and running, and it was 17-14 at half. So, yeah, I agree. I think that was a big play. But the, the thing that gets me with this offense is just how damn inconsistent it is. And I think they finished – I have it here. I think 41 rushing yards uh, total, which, okay, like that, that's fine. Like I, I'm okay with that. But – you're going to have to generate more than the 18 first downs. Like everything was just slow motion. Their first like four drives, they were, you know, net. And I know it was weird because they had short fields because of the turnovers, but it, it, it's just, it, that can't keep happening. It just can't because there are going to be times where this defense isn't great. And now we know for sure that they're human and that they're going to give up points. And like, this is the defense I kind of expected to see at times before the season started. 
and it was going to have to be the 30 plus point type games or the Bengals offense is going to have to win. And so like, I want the offense to be comfortable in, on days like today and be able to make the plays on days like today and put games away like this where, yeah, it might be 38-34 and you have the quarterback to do that. And let's go to the, you know, the end of the game. It's 34-31. The Bengals get the ball. And to me, it just felt like they needed Joe Burrow to be Superman and it wasn't it's not always going to be in the cards where he can save you. And, and that was one of those situations where he didn't save you. And, you know, whether it was the, the line, whether it was Trey Hill uh, playing right guard because Jackson Carmen goes down, whatever the case is, when you put yourself in that position, it's uh, it's tough no matter who's that quarterback. And how about Trey Hill being the backup right guard, by the way, instead of Deontay Smith? Uh, I, I found that a little bit interesting, but I guess yeah. they like him more there. Yeah, that last drive of the game for the Bengals offense – they lose Jackson Carmen to an injury. That's really unfortunate. That comes uh, on a Joe Mixon run. And then the, the second and five play, this is one of Joe Burrow had some great throws in this game. And this is where we started the segment, his deep, you know, deep crosser to T Higgins on the post yes. that goes all the 54. way to the other corner is like 50 yards in the air and is on a rope. Great throw. And then here on their eventual last drive of offense for the game, he manages to sidestep the aforementioned Trey Hill's defender who got immediate pressure. Or, yeah, yeah, it was immediate pressure. Takes a couple steps to his to his left, and then there's a guy that's about to crush him, and he throws a seed, he throws a dot to the sideline to, to Tyler Boyd, and they get a 19-yard play out of it, and then all of a sudden, you know, they try to run it for midfield. It goes for a loss, incomplete, and Burrow takes a sack. And there's mm-hmm. a penalty on that play on Trey Hill as well. But, you, you know, you can't take that sack if you're Burrow. And, you know, you, you can't really have those second and 11. You have to turf it at Samaji Piran's feet because your play didn't work. Yeah. And, and that that's the one that you're right. Like that's because now you're in third and long and you have a rookie, and, you know, at guard that you don't trust. Let's be honest. You don't. I mean, he's had three penalties, it seems like, in three quarters. Like that's that's brutal. Um so yeah, like that—that's the key play. Like as bad as third down was, second down you—you because you, it takes away the quick game. It takes away anything where you're gonna have any catch and run, you know, get seven yards and make it third and manageable. And uh, th- that one stunk. I don't blame Burrow for doing it. I hate that there was nobody open and he felt the need that he had to. Yeah, like I don't know what the play is there, but the idea to me on second and eleven needs to be find a way to get yards. Like even if it's six yards, because you're in four down territory here, and I think they were in four down territory until he took the sack, and then at that point it switches to be like, okay, well now we have to punt and we have to get a stop, and uh, well I guess now we talk about the penalty, yeah. um, because they did get the stop, and this is one of those kind of tricky conversations where on the one hand, yeah the Bengals absolutely deserve to lose that game, they got busted by Mike White's Jets on offense. The defense played poorly for the entire game. As you mentioned, James, uh, no drives. One drive for for the Jets ends in a punt in the first half. One drive ends with a punt. It was fair caught by Darius Phillips. And then they get this one stop. And it's, it's slot corner Mike Hilton on Ty Johnson on a little check down to the flat and they, they I'm thinking, okay, great. They, they made the good tackle. They did what the defense is trying to do here in the second half, which is keep the ball in front of them on third and 11, which they get to after two Madoga false starts. 
and and they come up and make the tackle, and he did. And Mike Hilton's head is roughly at Ty Ty Johnson's waist level, and Ty Johnson braces for contact, drops his head into Mike Hilton's head, and and we get a, a helmet to helmet unnecessary roughness defensive defenseless receiver type call. Yep. And there are a lot of worsts in this game. You know, is it the worst loss for for Zach Taylor, which we'll talk about? Is this the worst defensive performance? compared to expectation for Lou Anarumo, well, this is one of the worst calls I've ever seen. I mean, it reminds me of Justin Smith sacking the quarterback and getting called for roughing roughing yep. the passer that one time. Like, I just don't understand how the flag comes out here. And, well, it did. Yeah, it, it's asinine. It was uh, ridiculous. And, you know, he, here's, the, here's the problem with it, honestly. And, you know, I'll take my orange and black colored glasses off. It's locked on Bengals, so I'll just preface it with that. The NFL should hate that call because you know what the NFL should want. Mike White and the Jets are competitive and they're up 34-31 and red zone's going live to Joe Burrow trying to escape New York with a win on Halloween afternoon. And so that BS call, and I'm trying to keep it PG because I know we have a lot of parents that are listening with their kids and thank you for listening is the exact thing the NFL shouldn't want. And I know Trent Green on the broadcast talked about, well, player safety. And I get it. I get why the rule's there. I get that. That should not have been called because it wasn't a safety thing. It was a nice tackle by Mike Hilton. And if anything, and it was Ty Johnson, dipped his head, right? Or was it Michael Carter? Either way, I get him confused. Yeah, Ty Johnson. They're they're both catching 52 passes out of the backfield and the Bengals are surprised. (laughs) This is the one time they weren't surprised by it and they actually defended it. And... The fact that Joe Burrow doesn't get another shot is ridiculous. And if you're any of the owners, uh, including, like, think about it. If you're the Jets, it's all about money and revenue and ratings and all this. Man, you you want, like, big picture, you want the ball to go back to the star quarterback to see if he can get the job done. And so now, going back to the call and how it impacts the Bengals, the moment – I don't know about you. I knew the Bengals weren't stopping him then. I was like, there's, there's no way. And I know it was close and they did the quarterback sneak and they had their three timeouts. It was over. I, I could, that's it. Wrote the headline for my gamer, did the first paragraph, had everything else. And uh, that, that was that. And so when calls like that decide it, you know, or, or not decide, end the game, that's tough at the same time. And I think a lot of fans actually feel this way. It never, ever Never, ever, never, ever, ever should have gotten to that point. And when you put yourself in that position and you're asking Mr. Official, Mr. Referee for some help, sometimes he's not going to give it to you. Sometimes he's going to help the other team. And when that happens, you want to be up, not down. So you're still in position to win. And unfortunately for the Bengals and for Joe Burrow and for Zach Taylor and company, uh, they were not in that position. Yeah, you can't let the officials decide a game like this where you're an 11 point favorite and the preponderance of Vegas money was on the Bengals to cover 11 points or whatever it ended up being. Uh, that doesn't change the fact that it's a terrible call and it, and it was, uh, but you know, sometimes those go against you and you get punished for it coming up next, James, where do the Bengals go from here? Can they get onto Cleveland? We'll discuss it. Well, they better, they better go uh, move on from Cleveland. And if they need help recovering, it's pretty simple. You guys know where I'm going with this. Already have one of these blueberry muffin built bars today at halftime. It's clutch. So are the cookie dough. Look, man. I mean, suddenly I'm in a better mood just by holding these two things in my hand right here. These two 
uh, chocolate sticks of, of blueberry and cookie dough chunk goodness. Look, uh, Built Bars are the number one protein bar on the planet. They're loaded with protein. They're low in sugar. They're low in calories. They're perfect for you. So uh, whether you're trying to, to gain, make gains in the gym, whether you just want a healthier snack midday or you're just trying to have a little more of a balanced diet, this is the candy bar or, or protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Think about this. This is a blueberry muffin with 17 grams of protein. Don't eat the real blueberry muffin. Eat the better tasting, healthier version at Built Bar with Built Bar. And go to BuiltBar.com right now. Promo code LOCK15. You're going to get 15% off your first order. Again, BuiltBar.com. Promo code LOCK15 for 15% off. Bet Online also sponsors this episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast and remains the number one spot for all of your basketball and football betting needs this year. Go check out the new updated desktop or mobile website. Sign up today. You're going to get a 50% welcome bonus when you sign up with your first deposit if you use our promo code LOCKED ON. Again, that's promo code LOCKED ON for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit at betonline.ag. As James loves to say, that's free money, baby. From basketball to football, you got the baseball postseason going on, UFC. Bet Online has everything you need, and it's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Well, James, I, I think the last topic for today is uh, how do you come back from this? I think you very much need an on to Cleveland mindset. Zach Taylor in his postgame presser kind of said, you know, we didn't get too high after the Ravens game. We're not going to get too low after this one. And while that might be true for Zach Taylor and the coaching staff, <laughs> I kind of have a hard time buying it about the players right now, right? Like I do think Joe Burrow, and, and some of these guys were ready to play, but Jamar Chase starts the game with two drops. I, I don't expect this to be a long-term problem with him, to be clear, but a couple concentration drops at the beginning of the game. Uh, the defense obviously comes out flat. The offensive line, Riley Reef gives up a bad pressure, big hit on Joe Burrow that leads to a fumble. What? The, the run blocking isn't there. So like when you come out flat like that, which is what Joe Burrow said they did after a big win, and they've done it a couple times this year, mm -hmm. that needs to get fixed. And so we, we need to see that change happen with this coaching staff and this team. Well, they weren't the aggressor. They were soft. That's what they did. They came out soft. And whatever whatever that was, however they did it, that's what they did. Robert uh, Salah in that Jets coaching, they were fired up. He was screaming on the sideline. And boy, were they hitting. They were hitting. They were moving in the trenches on both sides. And the Bengals didn't have that same aggression. They didn't have that same energy. And, you know, that's fine to like, because that's going to happen. There are going to be times where you don't wake up and you're not as aggressive as you are on other days or, or fired up, right? Same thing with us on the podcast. There are days where you have more energy than me and vice versa. But at some point, you need, in, in the NFL, you need to be able to fix it. And they just didn't. And so now when you look ahead to, to Cleveland, you were comparing it a little bit, and I get why, to, to the Jags you know, game and, and how they, they came and the things that happened. And it, it makes a lot of sense, but they rebounded and they recovered after week one and then the letdown the next week on the road, right? Because there was such a high after that win over the Vikings. It was like, oh, maybe this team. And so there was such a high after that win over the Ravens. And, and so how do they respond now to a team that in Cleveland that is desperate as hell for a win? They are going to be extremely desperate. They're going to pull a lot of stops. And I think it's coaching staff wise too, because now you're sitting, now there's pressure 
that for the first time in Zach Taylor's tenure, and we can get into the question you posed at the top, the first time in Zach Taylor's tenure, there's actual expectations and not like expectations, like win a game here and there, like real expectations to beat the Jets by 11 on the road, right? Like people were disappointed and they, the Bengals were, you know, up three at halftime, right? So it's not about that. It was how they were winning too. And so uh, let's get to it. Is this the, uh, the worst loss of Zach Taylor's career with the Bengals? It, it kind of feels like it, right? Like this is the biggest favorite he's ever been. I'm pretty sure. I, I could be wrong about that. I haven't checked. I, 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 I would be shocked. Yeah, I don't think you're wrong. <laughs> that, that 11, 12 points, whatever it ended up at, is, is the biggest favorite he's ever been. And his, off, his defense gives up 32 first downs on 78 plays. Like, that's almost half of the Jets' plays yeah. went for first downs. And, and then you can't get the answer in clutch time when your your offense can't actually do the job. At the same time, you know, you talk about the Jacksonville game. There really are so many similarities, right? The difference between this game and that game is they don't get that roughing call, that that unnecessary roughness call to get the ball back, to go down, kick the field goal to win the game. And in this one, they get the roughing call. They never, they never get the ball back. Or, you know, maybe Joe Burrow doesn't throw that pick against Jacksonville and they have a four-minute drive, which is what they did against Jacksonville to kill the game. And they tried to go to the same formula, running the ball at Joe Mixon and, and bleeding some clock between Joe Burrow throws. And this time it didn't work out. So you look at those things and you look at the result and you look at the expectations going into this game. And there are a lot of fans that are mad at me today, James, because I'm sitting here saying they should do to the Jets what they did to Detroit. And I stand by that. They should have done that. And that's why this game is so rough is because they fell so, so far short of expectations for the first time I've really had them at this level since Zach Taylor became the head coach. So for me, this is definitely the worst loss. Well, I'll just say it. I, th- I think this is the worst loss of, of Taylor's career in Cincinnati. Yeah. Well, it's fair. Cause now there's expectations, like I said, and I understand, look, they're not going to win 41, 13 every week. So I get that, right. If they didn't duplicate or what was it? 34 to 11, against Detroit or, or whatever the case was. I forget the exact score. But they're, you're not going to crush NFL teams every week. So, like, if they had – when they were up 31-20, if they just get a stop or they give up a field goal and then they go get a field goal or something like that, and it's like 34-23 or 31-20, whatever. Who gives a damn about the betting line, right, unless you have money on it? Fine. But, like, if you're the Bengals, you don't have money on it. You're just like, all right, well, we still got out of there with the win. Even at 31-26, you're just, you know, you, you, but that's the thing is I wonder if in their mind it was like, yeah, let's try to get out of here with a win. And when you do that, when you coach like that and you're going up against an aggressive team that feels like it has nothing to lose, that's pulling out all the stops, well, then, you know, and you're clinching a little bit essentially, well, then you lose. And it, that's that's a dangerous game to play. And so hopefully they, you know, they learn from it. I said it after – uh, the Green Bay game. I think I said it after the the Bears game. You know, this coaching staff is still, I think, learning that in this team, learning how to handle success, learning how to win um, games like they should, because there aren't many games I don't that, that I think that they're used to saying, all right, we should win this game. They may expect to in the locker room and all of those things, but it's much different when you get all that love nationally all week long. It's just different. And, yep. and so how they respond to this loss an ugly loss, a loss where people like you and me are going to rip them, and rightfully so, 
how they respond to it against Cleveland next week could define their season and the, the direction it goes. Are you going to be six and three and potentially at the top of the AFC North again going into the bye? Or are you going to be five and four and in third place uh, in the AFC North? And uh, is there a scenario? I don't think there's a scenario where they're in last by then, but maybe uh, there. I, yeah, I don't think there is. But regardless, they have to uh, they have to respond the right way over the next uh, week, which obviously they did not do following their huge win over the Ravens. And I guess, you know, a couple of things there that I want to talk about. One of them is I, I didn't have a problem necessarily with coaching down the stretch. Uh, the, the first play when, when it's 31, 26, the Bengals come out, they, they try to get a screen going. They're, they're trying to go get more points. I think the offensive staff and Joe Burrow, at least they knew they had to go get more points and it just got blown up by a really good play uh, to tip the pass in the air, and come down with the interception. And then, I, I again, I don't disagree with any offensive coaching decisions on the last offensive drive of the game either, besides maybe the the run on first and ten from the forty nine. Um, but again, I get the idea there. They're trying to follow this four minute formula to kill the game. So to to me, it's more defense. Look yourself in the mirror. Figure out how to tackle. And and Lou Anarumo needs to fix his game. I, I, I mean. Just the, the inability to come up with anything to stop this Jets offense, which shouldn't be this monumental challenge. Like, yeah. that's that's a big thing for me. So the other thing that stood out that I wanted to mention, James, is you said, how will they answer the call? And this is one place where, again, I'm going to be a positive here to finish the show, despite this game, is that after these losses, they've generally come out, as you pointed out, and, and they've done better the next week. They have answered the losses well, just as they've answered the wins poorly. So here's another test division game. Mm -hmm. Can you answer the loss? Well, coming back home to Cincinnati and get that bitter taste out of your mouth mouth after doing this in, in New York. Yeah, but no, I, I totally, it's, it's another test. And it, you know, if they get to six and three, it, you'd rather beat the Browns than the jets. If you have to only pick one and you, you should be, but you know, you yeah. feel like you should beat both probably, but of the two, which one's more valuable at the end of the day, beating the, the division, rival in an AFC North team real quick, by the way, here's why I might not have played a little four minute game. And I get it. I understand the, the logic. Joe Mixon hasn't done a damn thing all day. And so it's like, is, are you going to turn it on now? By the way, they did turn on the run, rushing attack against the Ravens. So maybe they thought they could at the same time, he averaged two and a half yards of carry, like 41 yards total uh, as a, a rushing offense. Like it just wasn't there today. So I, to me, I, and I get it. I understand it. Cause it did work against Jacksonville. Um, I don't know. It's it's one of those things. But no, I, I don't I don't mean that as in like the play calling necessarily. I just mean when it gets tight, I dude, I was sitting in this chair and I was I was like, oh, you really think Burrow's gonna get you out of this one? This I don't know. I was I, I was, was incredibly comfortable at 31 to 20. And then the defense just took a dump all over the house. That that's what they did at the end of the game. I mean, it was it was unforgettable. Like I, it was embarrassing, man. Like yeah. that is awful. And you can't finish they were games like that. 20. That's awful. Yeah. Like 98 and a half percent to win. And that's like, yeah, okay. Just all you need is one stop or one more field goal. Like it's just, it's just awful. You, you cannot lose games like that. And the media is rightfully going to slam this team for that letdown performance. But again, the point is how do they respond from here? This game has to be put in the past and they've been good. They've been good responding to these games. They've obviously been good in this division, and now they have a chance to go tell the Browns to shut up and take it and lose to the Steelers and lose to the Bengals in back-to-back -back weeks. And that is a challenge ahead for Zach Taylor and this coaching staff.
we'll be back tomorrow when I'm a little emotionally distanced from this game and the embarrassment and disappointment that I feel for the end of that fourth quarter. Until tomorrow, Bengals fans, have a good one.